Greetings, everyone. And before we get started with this week's uh, podcast, I want to make a quick little announcement. I've made just a slight change to the title of the podcast, but I think that it gets a little more to the heart of what we're doing here. It's now called Poetry, Passion, and Pleasure. Same host, Dale Byron, same practical poetry every week, same down-to-earth uh, poetry that we can use in our everyday lives, same as we've always done, just a slightly different title. I also, before I get started, I want to thank everyone who uh, listens to this uh, podcast, whether it's on one of the uh, standard Apple and other formats, or whether you watch this um, or, or receive it through YouTube. I want to thank you so very much for your listening ear. Okay, so let's get right into this week's edition. Here's the question. Wonder if, wonder if the mind is actually larger than the mind. <laughs> that question may sound a little paradoxical, but I've been thinking, what if we need more than what we typically think of as our mind to think? Hmm. Uh, and what if we need the world, especially the natural world and the forested world, to think more clearly, more creatively, and with less reactivity and actually less fearfully? Wonder if all that's true. What if we need also our hearts to do our best thinking? And what if our hearts come out more fully and we can connect with our hearts more fully when we are out in the natural world and uh, when we are being pickled, as I like to say, uh, by the natural world? And what if that allows our hearts to come out and play a little more often? So um, having said all that, that's what we're going to explore. And I wanted to start out with a poem called Some Gentle Instructions, which I think get to this um, topic that we're talking about today, which is wonder if the mind is larger than the mind. So here's the poem, Some Gentle Instructions. Take your mind on a journey. Take your mind on a journey. Go outside. Go outside. Walk in the woods. Hug a tree. Hug a tree. Return and plant a garden. With your new mind, with your new mind, throw a party. Throw a party. Invite your heart to come along. Promise your heart. Promise your heart that you will listen carefully. Even cry a little, if that feels right. And if it's been a while since you visited with your heart, since your heart came around, well then, well then, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised by a little resistance. You know, um, Sometime over the last number of years, um, I think it became true, or I know it did, I don't know the exact date, but that there are more human beings living um, in uh, cities 
rather than in more rural and more natural world communities. And so I think that there is a need more than ever for us to reconnect with the natural world. I think there's a need for us to spend more time in the natural world. You know, one of the um, notes that I made for myself is that there are some very impressive studies uh, that point to all the ways the natural world improves our health and well-being. I mean, I think that's fairly well uh, documented. In fact, there's a Japanese um, uh, practice which has gotten quite big. It's called forest bathing. And it's where you literally, it's like you give yourself um, you know, a, a chance to be bathed, to be pickled, as I like to say, by the forest because of what that does for us, what it does for our uh, well-being, our sense of well-being, for literally for our health, uh, literally for the idea of our the health of our heart, the health of our immune system, all of that, I think, is well documented. But what I'm saying is that given the challenges that we face in the world, the ecological challenges that I've talked about so much on this podcast, the natural world challenges, overshoot, all of those uh, predicaments that we find ourselves in as a species, given all of that, um, there are so many benefits, I think, that we get in terms of being more in the natural world and certainly being connected uh, more uh, uh, to the natural world and all the th ways that we're going to need to be connected and to have that deep connection uh, with the natural world so that we will, among other things, care for the natural world better. Um, I've got a little short poem that I wanted to include in this uh, episode. Oh, some gentle instructions. That first poem was a poem that I wrote earlier this year. And again, I've been thinking so much about this idea about um, what, what do we, how does the natural world, how does a walk in the woods, in other words, um, help us on all these different levels? And I'm more and more convinced. You know, and it's like it's not like this is a new thought. I mean, um, I'm, I was going to say more and more convinced that the natural world, the forest, helps us be better human beings, helps us be more creative, helps us think better, think more, certainly more holistically, and be happier, feel better. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Uh, the great philosopher Nietzsche said, all truly great thoughts are conceived while walking. All truly great thoughts are conceived while walking. And then if we add that to this quote by a famous person, who I'll tell you in just a moment after the quote, in every walk with nature, one receives far more than he seeks. That was John Muir. That was John Muir. So we we know that the natural world does amazing things for us. So what did the poet Gary Snyder uh, have to say 
in a short poem called Pine Tree Tops. In the blue night, in the blue night, frost haze, the sky glows with the moon, with the moon. Pine tree tops bend snow blue, fade into sky, fade into sky, frost, starlight. The creak of boots, rabbit tracks, deer tracks. What do we know? What do we know? Well, I am convinced that we know more when we are more connected to the natural world, when we spend more time in the natural world. And as my little poem said, uh, the first poem that we did, um, that the heart is called more frequently, more fully, I think, when we spend uh, time in the natural world. And as I was saying, I didn't comment on this, but in the last part of the poem, some gentle instructions, the first one that we started with, when I said, and if it's been a while since you visited with your heart, since your heart came around, well then, don't be surprised by a little resistance. And what I was getting at there, maybe you've had this experience, that in our culture, we are so heady, we are so uh, intellectual, logical, linear. There's nothing wrong with that. We need all that. We need those ideas. We need brilliant ideas. But as I've said so many times on this podcast, that is not all that we need. You know, someone once said that um, it's like there's been a palace coup at some point, and the intellect um, basically took over the whole kingdom <laughs> and relegated the heart to this, uh, you know, uh, not so important um, role. And yet it is the heart, as I have observed, perhaps you have too, that allows us to really, um, when we are committed, we can be committed to ideas, and we again, we need the intellect. We need it. But the heart is what gives us, I think, the staying power. The heart is what allows us not to become despairing and cynical, quite honestly, when we get into very difficult uh, times. And we're in very difficult times right now. Have you noticed? So continuing with this theme that um, the mind is larger than the mind, uh, I want to do a little poem called The Worry Cure. And I think, I hope it'll be obvious why I've included this particular little piece. The Worry Cure goes like this. So many of us today live this way. So many of us today live this way in worry, in worry, in the ruts of repetition, in some darkness, slowly entering, slightly numbed by 
the necessities, deadened by the indoors and the lighted screens. Except for the forest walkers, except for the forest walkers who think and feel with their eyes and ears and quickening hearts, who revel, who revel in the sound of water and the mind's mysterious ways, walking inside the idea of green itself, walking inside the idea of green itself, a whole life unfolded, unfolding within theirs. The resilience of leaves, stones, of the fog's feral footprints left so lightly in the mind, a soft fascination, the sanctity of the sublime. The Worry Cure. It's another poem that uh, came to me um, earlier this year. And, you know, again, you can tell this subject has been on my mind because I think there's so many things that come together here. I think that we know, and we, we know empirically, we know um, in our hearts, we know um, in our imaginations that we need the natural world. We need the natural world to actually think at our best, most creative. We need the natural world to feel um, most human. We need the natural world to be um, connected in this world in a way that allows us to live with the natural world, to be um, not separate from, as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, but connected to the natural world. That is, of course, what is going to be required as we go forward. Because there's so many ways where these abstractions, and it's like we've lifted up off the world. I, I like to say, you know, sometimes, you know, we say uh, we live uh, on planet Earth. No, we don't. No, we don't. We live in planet Earth. We are of planet Earth. As I said on a recent podcast, the uh, like an apple tree apples, the Earth peoples. It peoples. And we are an intimate, not, not separate from the Earth. So, um, the worry cure, the worry cure. So many of us today live this way in worry, in worry, in the ruts of repetition, in some darkness slowly entering, slightly numbed by the necessities, deadened by the indoors and the lighted screens. Except for the forest walkers, 
who think and feel with their eyes and ears and quickening hearts, who revel in the sound of water and the mind's mysterious ways. Walking inside the idea of green itself, a whole life unfolding within theirs, the resilience of leaves, stones, of the fog's feral footprints left so lightly in the mind. A soft fascination, the sanctity of the sublime, which I think we can only feel when we do spend a significant amount of time in the natural world or a significant amount of time nurturing a garden. You know, it's not just in the forest, but it's it's connecting with the cycles, the um, ecosystem that we find ourselves in. All of that. There's uh, one other quote that I want to bring uh, by the great poet E.E. E. Cummings. He said, uh, the world is mud luscious. <laughs> The world is mud luscious and puddle wonderful. The, the world is mud luscious and puddle wonderful. E.E. Uh, e. Cummings uh, saying it quite well. So, um, maybe spend some more time out there. See if it invokes in you the kind of creativity, the kind of artfulness that um, that I think only happens when we are able to spend more time in the natural world, in the woods, in the forest, in your own backyard with your uh, garden. That works too. Okay, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Uh, thank you so much for your listening ear. And uh, as I always say, um, uh, I'm noticing that there's some new people that are tracking the podcast. Um, and I would love it if you'd refer it to a friend or a colleague that you think might enjoy this as well. And again, as I always say, until next time and next poem and poems, take good care of yourself.